On this week's episode of From Corner to Corner, the guys go back and look at WrestleMania 1 through 3. What would have happened if it hadn't come to be? They also open up the show with a touching moment about Scott Hall. We hope you enjoy this week's show. Lifetime, I've learned. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Well, that was a sad way to start the show. It is. It and, is very sad. And but we would be remiss, not remorsed, not remorsed. Even though we are remorseful, we are remorseful to not pay a little bit of tribute to the bad man himself, the bad guy, <laughs> the bad guy himself, <laughs> the bad man, <laughs> the bad. Man. He's the bad man. He's the bad man. Say, uh, say hello to the bad man. I am the bad man. <laughs> I don't think his gimmick would have got over if he was the bad man. No, 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 probably not. But this show is going to be airing on Saturday, as usual. And uh, Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall passed away on Tuesday. Um, complications from a surgery, I think. It was right? Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah. That's right, it was Monday. But complications from a surgery. He had apparently had hip cops. replacement surgery last week. Yeah. Um, and he developed a blood clot. He, uh, and I think after the blood clot, they were really concerned about it. And I guess it kind of broke loose. Um, what we heard the last we read was that it's estimated he had approximately three heart attacks and was put on life support. Um, but in bad guy style, he was taken off life support Monday and, he hung around for like six or seven hours. For like right? six or seven hours, <laughs> and I uh, I read a, a quote from Diamond Dallas Page, and he said, uh, "You know, our prayers weren't answered, but he didn't. Uh, but Scott uh, definitely didn't put death over, and he and made and 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 made death work for it or something in yeah. in typical Scott fashion. Yeah. Scott didn't make it easy." For him to go out, right, right, you know, and you, you, you see the tributes that were written to Scott Hall. Man, there's been so many video tributes. Well, and, and then on Raw Monday, Corey Graves broke down as yeah. they were going to the video package. Yeah, and that was a very well put together video package. It was. It, it tied together his two most synonymous characters in Scott Hall from the NWO and Razor Ramon. Well, and uh, then. Bully said afterwards, "The WWE does it again. Like they they nailed it. They got it. Yeah. They they got it right. Yeah. Um, I kind of missed the I kind of missed the Tim Bell salute. I felt like we should have got one. I feel like they they've almost kind of gotten away. They from have kind of. I, I think they have gotten away from it. Yeah. But I mean, if he doesn't get a Tim Bell salute, I mean, Hulk Hogan, maybe Ric Flair. I don't even know that Ric Flair does. I mean, now he's kind of since he's gone off since he was released, he's kind of." Started, uh, you know, running his chops 
about the WWE and, you know, when he got divorced for the 14th time, he's a 16-time world champion, 14-time divorcee, uh, that, <laughs> woo! Uh, trying to break his own record. Trying to break his own record. He um, was upset because nobody from the WWE called him. What, what are they, what, why would they call you to offer their condolences? Okay. Rick, this isn't the first time you've been divorced, man. Everybody's used to this whole thing. Yeah. But I digress. I don't mean to take the take the spotlight or the topic away from away from Scott Hall. Yeah. Uh, I told you when it happened that like it crushed me. Yeah. Because yes, we've seen we've seen performers die. Okay. And I mean, you know, Vader's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. He had congestive heart failure a few years ago. Um, Owen Hart, Eddie Guerrero, but this was like one of the guys that I can remember watching as a kid. This one hits a little different. It does, right? And I told you, was it this morning that we talked that that, that I told you, hey, we need to open the show yep. with about fifteen minutes or so. And and the reason being is is. You know, you all you always make the statement that you'll never realize what he was with Randy Orton until right. he's out of wrestling, right? right? Right. I think that Razor fits that mold really good, mm-hmm. right? Because you think about this. In a time where the Monday night, where, like this, this is really odd that he passes away during this time because – there is a phenomenal series that is on Peacock that actually is like seven years old. I did not know this, but there is a series. It's like 20 episodes. It's the Monday Night Wars. It starts from day one, and it goes through. So I've watched the first four or five episodes of it. The, the third episode or second or third episode was completely about the NWO, right, and how that all transpired. Now, the Internet was like, just a baby, and and really not what it is. It was the email type thing back right. then. There you was no a, you used to get a CD. Yeah, there there was no Google at this time, so there was no Twitter or anything like that. So everything that you watched was on TV. Now at this particular time, it was no surprise that WCW was starting to kind of gain on the WWF. The WWF, we've talked about this many times. They were going. They were coming out of the steroid era. They had all these bigger-than-life characters. And it's really funny. I saw on one of the shows today that, uh, I, that uh, Nash made it made an awesome uh, comment. At that particular time, all of the WWF characters had were like jobs. Yeah, I mean, there was, there a, was a garbage man. There was a dentist. There was a lawyer. There was a tax guy. A race guy. car driver. Yeah. A repo man. Right. So... But you had like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold and these guys that were around that time frame that were your your leaders, so to speak. Anyways, when Scott Hall shows up that night in 1996 and gets in the ring and says, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Mm Mm-hmm. People literally thought this is the WWF's way of they're, they're, they're literally doing an invasion. Right. Like Scott Hall was just on Raw last week. He showed up and they're literally taking it over. And he's making references to there's more, there's more coming. We're coming. There's you want, a, you want a war, you get a war. And the thing about it is, is for the longest time, you didn't know that they weren't Razor Ramon and Diesel. Well, to the point that the WWE actually sued Correct. WCW because Scott Hall was using so many of the Razor Ramon characteristics. The 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 language he was, you know, doing right, he was acting like Razor Ramon, which was part of Bischoff's plan, right? Mm-hmm. Bischoff had a great plan to start. What Bischoff didn't have what I'm learning through this is once the WWE figured it out, he didn't have an answer. Right. That was the that was the downfall of the WCW. He he didn't have the leeway that 
the USA was getting. I was just telling you about DX right before mm-hmm. the show. USA allowed the WWF to go further than what Turner would allow right. them to do, and there was no competition. You know, once once they started bringing in the girls, Sonny and all them, Nitro's answer was the Nitro girls, but all they did was come out and dance. They didn't do anything like what the, risk a. you know, risk a because Turner wouldn't let them. Right. But anyways, I say all that to say this. He was the right guy for that job. Yes. I I thought I've thought about this for for 3 days cuz I knew we were doing the show and I knew that once he passed that I was going to open the show this way. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another guy mm-hmm. that it would have worked the way he did it. I mean a few weeks ago we talked about we couldn't think of another guy other than Hogan. Right. There there's not another guy that could have been the first guy. Right. Like in that I don't think Nash could have pulled that off. No. Because Razor Ramon was the bad guy. He was the bad guy. And it was just genius the way he came out. Give me a mic. And he gets in the ring. They're in the middle of a match. Yeah. And the guy's just like, leave the ring. Yeah. And and then he does this promo that was an amazing promo. Mm-hmm. And then that whole buildup to Hulk Hogan turning mm-hmm. was great. And the the NWO, I told you this the other day. Are they the greatest faction all time? It's hard to surpass the Horsemen, but they might be the greatest created faction of all time. Yeah. And I know DX is really close to that. And there's a lot of comparisons going. Oh, DX was a ripoff of the NWO. They weren't. They were not. They were degenerates. They right. were rule breakers. But we just talked before you came on there. We were talking about DX, and we said that their objective each week was to see how close they could get to get fi- to getting fired. Right. Like right. they wanted to see how far they would could well, push them up. They pushed it so far that they got a letter sent from USA going, "You can't do this stuff. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't say and that." And then they made fun that. of the letter. And then yeah, they did it like a presidential thing. Read the entire letter on the air. Well, and there was one part that uh I think it was Sean said, "Well, I don't understand what this means." And Triple H said, "You can't say and insert F word here." Right. <laughs> and then he goes, "Oh, I can't say." Bleep. And he goes, bleep, bleep. <laughs> and it's like all bleeped out, which they did that on purpose. Right. And then USA, I was telling you, USA calls Vince and says it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. They loved it. Yeah. They absolutely loved it. Right. And it basically opened up the door after that. And it wasn't long after that that, you know, WWF was 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 reigning supreme. But anyways, I, I, I don't know why, but I've, I've really thought a lot about Razor, about Scott Hall this week. Mm-hmm. And just... It sucks that he never won a world title in any promotion that he was in. Right. But he was so good on the mic. And he he just, he was a perfect role in in what he did in both the, the early WWF when he was Razor Ramon. He was great at that. Mm-hmm. And at that particular time, he was the most decorated in, uh, uh, Intercontinental Champion until Jeff Jarrett come along and then ultimately the Miz. But the whole NWO thing was just priceless. Oh, I mean, great. it really was. Yep. And I didn't really appreciate the NWO for what it was until I watched that episode about the NWO mm-hmm. and, and how that all kind of came to be and, and stuff like that. And I, th- I thought it was fantastic. You know, Scott Hall was a big man. Yeah. He was bigger prior to going to the WWF. I don't know if you know that yes. or not, but when he was first in WCW. Wait, 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 wait. I'm Did sorry. you just say you didn't know if I knew that? Well, you know, I mean, he, like, wasn't on TV a lot prior to that, so, you know. Hey, if I told you lately that I'm an old school guy. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. I mean, you You're, think. My greatness. You think he was big when he was the Diamond Stud. You ought to go watch some of his AWA stuff when he was Scott Hall. And he had the he had he had the mustache, and he wore like fringe like wristband things. Yeah, he was not not like overly ripped, Jack, but he was like a big dude. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, big guy. And I feel like he probably would have been world champion in WWF five or ten years prior. When he was the diamond stud in WCW, if he was in WWF at that time, I feel like he could, because he legitimately could have went toe-to-toe with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's how big he was. Right. But they were coming out of that era. They were com- they were going away from the big guy. Bret Hart was the champion. Shawn Michaels is getting ready to be the champion. Like, they, it was the smaller guys is where is where Vince was going, and he just, I mean, Diesel got a uh, world title, a couple world title runs. You know, it it is what it is. I think for me, Razor was the better worker, um, and I think that's why he was in the Intercontinental scene as long as he was because that was the that was the workhorse belt. That was that was that was the that was it in the WWE. So. But we got, we got to see definitely the best years of Scott Hall. Uh, unfortunately, like many of the wrestlers at this time, he had some very poor life decisions. I believe, though, that he had straightened those out with the help of guys like Diamond Dallas Page, who has saved lots of people. Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, he saved lots of lives. Yeah. I feel like we got Scott Hall longer than longer than we would have if something didn't change. Mm-hmm. It's been reported that uh, I hope, uh, and I hope this is true, that he had uh, found God. So I like to think that that uh, yeah, there was quite the celebration in heaven uh, when Razor walked, you know, walk, walked through those pearly gates because I could see, you know, <laughs> I mean. He's the bad guy. You don't think he'd throw a toothpick in Jesus' face, do you? Probably not Jesus, but definitely Peter and Paul. Right. I mean, just. A golden toothpick. He's like, so you know who I am, but, but you, you don't, don't know, know why, why I'm, I'm here. here. Oh, man. Well, rest in peace, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. You definitely will be missed. That's the great thing about video, though, is we will always have that. We have that library. And, um, and if you're looking for a fantastic Razor Ramon match, go back and watch the first ladder match. WrestleMania with, 10. With him and Shawn Michaels. Also, go back and watch him and Bret Hart in 1993 at the Royal Rumble for the world title. Both of them are fantastic matches. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, um, we had to we had to talk about that. We had We had to. We wouldn't be doing justice if we didn't. So, like we kind of teased a little bit last week, the main portion of the show is we did like a combo type deal, right? We're, we're I'm going to say we're talking about the time frame of the creation of WrestleMania because we're in WrestleMania season through one of the greatest moments in WrestleMania history, Hulk Hogan power slamming Andre the Giant. Raised that giant up over top of his head, he said. He didn't. He did not. No, he did not. I feel like w- that we've talked a little bit about this on the show before. I mean, it's, is it crazy to think of the, the fact that we're almost to a year in this now? And we've talked about a lot of things on the on the, on the this show. I feel like that we've talked about WrestleMania, maybe the cre- a little bit of the creation part of it. But I think what leads to that is... It, it had something to do with our Survivor Series show, right? Because we talked about how WrestleMania 3 led to the Survivor's thing, uh, Survivor Series because he wanted to get more into pay-per-views and stuff. And he was drawing such a buy rate with WrestleMania 1, 2, and 3 that he kind of forced Crockett Promotions out of business with that, right? Mm-hmm. Now... Crockett Promotions was already doing pay-per-views prior to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But nothing to the spectacle of what WrestleMania is to where it could be across the nation right. I mean, in closed caption. I was going to say, because mainly what NWA was doing was a lot of closed circuit type stuff. Right. And they were doing, like WrestleMania 2, for example, took place in two different places. That's what the NWA was doing is they would have, you know, Great American Bash, because if you go back and watch them on the on uh, the network now, there's 
you know, two or three different locations. Like they kind of flipped back and forth. So that's kind of what they were doing. But, and, and it was basically like two or three house shows going on at one time. Mm-hmm. And they just flipped back and forth pay-per-view style right. for you to be able to see all the top matches. Right. So Vince has, you, you said this the other day when we were talking, Vince has said that if his dad knew what his plans were, his dad probably would have never sold him the business. He said that on the Pat the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. And so when it was the WWF, it was a New York based company. Mm-hmm. But Vince had this vision of more all along, mm-hmm. right? So he put every dime he had mortgage his house into WrestleMania one. To literally to the fact that if it didn't work, he would have zero money, and we would have probably zero WWE at this point. Yes, right. That has to be one of the most all-in moves in history, right? One hundred percent, especially at the time, because pro wrestling was a regional thing. Yeah, it wasn't a worldwide phenomenon like it is now. It was very much a, you know, Georgia had their thing, uh, Texas had their thing, the uh, the no- upper Northwest had theirs, Canada had their thing going on, the uh, NWA or I mean the AWA in Minnesota, Charlotte had their thing. Yeah, the NBA, they it was pockets. Yeah, and it wasn't even a national thing yet. Much less a world thing. Like, they hadn't even thought about all that. Yeah, I mean, even the NWA, Ric Flair traveled most of those areas, but there wasn't a lot out west. Right. You know? And that was really the only thing that traveled was the champion. The NWA champion was the biggest thing that traveled. Yeah. Now, Vince, when he took over, he started, and what made it different was he started traveling to these other territories, but not to work with the territory, to put on shows. Yeah. So he, you know, he had the foresight to see that, but and then he went out and tried to start picking all the talent out of the yes, out of these areas. Yes, and it started with Hulk Hogan, right? And you you think about it, and you're like, man, for him to have the foresight in the early to mid '80s that hey, I can put this show together, I can incorporate entertainment. With professional wrestlers, and people will watch it. I'm sure. I'm sure there's times that he would say that out loud to himself, and think it was the most ridiculous thing that he'd ever heard. Yeah. But you think about the star power he had at WrestleMania one. The the two that come off top of my head right off the bat is Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. who was. Red hot and the pop charts. I mean, rock and wrestling. Right? Mm-hmm. And Mr. T. Mr. T main event at WrestleMania 1. Yeah. Muhammad Ali was at WrestleMania 1. Liberace was at WrestleMania 1. Who was it that sung the National Gladys Anthem? Knight, maybe? maybe? Yeah, I think I think, I think Gladys. I mean, it was littered yeah. with Alice Cooper. It was littered with... Celebrities, right, and and that was that was the drive, right? Well, but for it to get national attention, he had to do it that way, right? Because wrestling, as I said, wasn't a mainstream thing, and nobody was. I mean, they had their they had they had wrestling on TV, and you could watch it, but it wasn't a phenomenon yet, right? And I mean. And it's pay-per-view. Yeah. They're asking people to pay for this. Right. Which was, like, crazy. Right. And it just so happened to... I mean, it, it was... I mean, the, the, the feud that they had... They had built up between... Uh, Piper and Hogan. and Hogan. And then, you know, Mr. T to be involved with that. It was a tag team... Match well, and you had it. You had the feud with Piper and Hogan. Piper was getting the upper hand with uh, with Orndorff on Hogan, and you're like, Hogan's got to have a partner. 
Well, that's something Hogan up to this point had never had. So who could be Hulk Hogan's partner? Well, let's go out and get Mr. T. B.A. Barakas himself. Yeah. <laughs> off the A-team. Yeah. And it was believable. Like, you go back and look, Mr. T was terrible in the ring. Bad Bunny could wrestle circles around Mr. T. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have to wrestle. Right. He just had to do just a few moves, take a, a few spots, and it was, I mean, it was gold. Right. But the purpose of this episode is dual purpose. One is, well, what if it doesn't work? Right. Well, obviously, Sean, if it doesn't work, Vince McMahon loses everything. And there's no WrestleMania. There's no WWE. But, and, and maybe no professional wrestling, period. That's where I was going to go. We, we, we come to an agreement. I'm sure there's still indies. And stuff I'm sure like there's that. territories. It probably is still territorial. Yeah. But it never sweeps the, sweeps the nation. It definitely doesn't sweep the world. Um, the the NWA probably hangs around a little while longer until uh, Jim Crockett mis mismanages that because that's what Jim Crockett does. Um, but it changes the landscape of professional wrestling as we know it. Yep. There is no Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Nope. There is no Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. There is no Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. There is no best there is, best there was, best there will be Bret Hart. Now, all these guys probably still wrestle, but they don't make it past their territory. Right. And we don't get to find out about these guys. Right. You know, guys like Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, they probably stay in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, because, or, I mean... Or out west. I mean, I guess you... I guess NWA would have continued. Crockett Promotions would have probably still continued. But, I mean, he was struggling financially at, at, at a certain point. I don't think, knowing what I've watched off of this uh, Monday Night War thing, I don't think Ted Turner buys Crockett Promotions and and does the WCW thing if it if he wasn't trying to compete with Vince. Right. I mean that was all a peeing match is all that was. Right. He he literally said, I don't think that Vince McMahon should have a monopoly in this business. Mm -hmm. Billionaire Ted. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because that show every time it starts off in the late eighties and in or in the nineties, Vince McMahon and Ted Turner you know, battle for supremacy with the uh, with extinction on the line. Yeah. And, you know, there was a certain point that Vince had the thought himself, we might be done. Yeah. I, you know, they, they're, they were on the brink. They, they've said it multiple times in watching that, that they were on the cusp of, of losing the, the war. Mm-hmm. And then the Attitude Era happened. I'm, I'm telling you, and I've said this quite some time. You probably have even heard me because I might have said something to you about it. If Eric Bischoff does not have the idea to spoil WWE results because they were, they were being taped. And, you know, they did that from the very beginning. They did. But when he spoiled mankind, Mick Foley, a beloved wrestler from all over the, you know, they spoiled that moment. Yeah. You can, I mean, and, and you hear people say it. You can go look at the ratings. Yeah. And the how many, every 100,000 televisions flipped over that moment to Monday Night Raw and never flipped back. Yeah. So as this show has been going on, this all kind of ties together. But as I've been watching this show, they will constantly kind of pop in every so often and show what the ratings were around these certain weeks. Yeah. When this whole thing started off, the ratings were 2.2 .2 to 2.1, 2.4 to 2.3, you know, real low, right? By the time 98 rolls around, the WWE is over 5.4 and WCW is like at 4.9, 4.5. 
you know, I don't, I never, I've never seen them over five yet, but they've been the high fours. Now you think about that's more than doubled both of their audiences mm-hmm. in two years because mm-hmm. this all basically started in '96. They haven't talked about that one yet, but the next episode is titled "Have a Nice Day," which it's going to be about Foley. So I'm wondering if they'll talk about that. Yeah. I assume they will. Yeah. But to this point, they've never like they've talked of they've briefly talked about right. the night that it turned over, but they haven't mentioned that specific thing. Right. But I know we've talked about that several times before. Right. So just to show, I wanted to follow this up. We have three celebrities in this year's WrestleMania that's going to be wrestling. Yes. Celebrities have been a part of WrestleMania since day one. Since day one. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's just because it is the greatest spectacle in wrestling the wrestling business, yep. right? I mean COVID forced them to two days in 2020. Mhm. We will never see another single day WrestleMania. No, especially when it's at places like Jerry World, where they can put a hundred thousand people in it each day. Right. That's yeah. tons of money. And then next year it's in SoFi. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I mean, but you know what? If it's going to be the greatest spectacle, why not have two days of it? I'd much rather watch two four-hour shows than one eight-hour show. Right. Man, those were some long days. Well, I mean, you remember Mr. T's main event at WrestleMania, their celebrity. In 95, Lawrence Taylor main event at WrestleMania against Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. So, it's been a long, long standing. Like I said, celebrities have all... Mike Tyson was involved in the Stone Cold uh, Shawn Michaels match. Shawn Michaels' last match. For for a while, for four and a half years, um, former President Donald Trump was uh, in a hair versus hair match yeah. with Vince McMahon at WrestleMania, and they shaved Vince's head. Yeah, like yeah. it's just the amount of celebrities. You go back and watch what uh, they had back to back WrestleManias at Trump Plaza, and there's Donald Trump sitting front and center. Mm-hmm. Like they've been. Celebrities and WWE have basically been synonymous since WrestleMania. Right. And if it doesn't work, it changes the landscape of professional wrestling. Professional wrestling as we know it doesn't exist. Right. And that's crazy to think about one man with a ridiculous idea that bet it all completely changed the landscape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the king when it comes to wrestling. Vince McMahon is professional wrestling. Yeah. There is no AEW. There is no WWE. There is no Ring of Honor. There is no Impact without Vince McMahon. Right. Yeah. And there's no corner to corner podcast. (laughs) It it might be like, it may be corner to corner podcast and we talk about basketball, like, you know, a football, like, but we're not talking about professional wrestling. I mean, WrestleMania was the event that sparked our friendship. friendship. Yeah. Because it, it transpired on the, (laughs) you don't mean that. Do I? You, well, you better not mean that. That's all I can say. <laughs> you about to, you, you about to get a stone cold stunner right here in the church <laughs> on three sixteen day. Yeah. So, but WrestleMania one, the main event had the same guy that main event at least the next two. Yeah. That guy is none other than the real American, the immortal one, Hulk Hogan. So, WrestleMania won tag team match against Orndorff and Piper. WrestleMania 2, King Kong Bundy, Mr. Five Count himself, in a cage match. WrestleMania 3, Andre the Giant. Which brings us to our next WrestleMania topic. 
what does professional wrestling look like if Hogan doesn't pick that old dirty, nasty giant up over top of his head, press him to the sky, and slam him down on the mat? I don't know. I mean, here's the first thing. I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Of course, these are the thoughts that keep me up at night, right? <laughs> Hulkamania does not take off like it does. Right. I don't know that Hulk Hogan becomes the big star that he became. Because Hogan can still win that. That match. was at the Pontiac Dome, right? Silver. So that was the the the, the ninety three thousand. That was the largest crowd for a long time, right? I mean, that's the right place to do that. Yes. You're. You had to have Andre. Pass that torch on, for it to work. Yes. Right. You're hundred percent right. If Hulk loses. Even if he if he doesn't power slamming or body slamming, whatever you want to call it. If he doesn't do that and somehow manage to win the match, that's okay. But it was the that move itself. And you know, you go back and think about it. Andre was broken down, right? Yes. That was all Hulk because Andre could not help. Andre could not help and you know, the, the guy getting tossed pushes a little bit, right? Yeah. He couldn't do that. Well, if you go back and look, he actually is wearing a back brace yeah. underneath his singlet. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in pain. We're in the match, okay? Hogan, if you don't know the backstory, Hogan doesn't know that Andre's going to let him do this. Right. And if you don't know Andre the Giant and you've been living under a rock, Go Google Andre the Giant just to see how big this man is. Right. If Andre didn't want Hogan to slam him, he wasn't slamming him. Right. I mean, he was at least a foot taller. And and, and 100 plus pounds heavier. Probably 150 pounds heavier. Yeah. I mean, he probably was close to 500 pounds. I mean, one of the few people that Hulk Hogan had to look up to. Yes. Literally. So, you look at, you. I mean, you just think about it and you're like, even in his broken down state, probably especially in his broken down state, if Andre did not want to be slammed, he Hogan wasn't going to slam him. Hogan, Vince keeps telling Andre, dude, it. it's 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 good. Hogan doesn't believe him because he keeps asking Andre, and Andre goes, "I don't know. We'll, we'll see when we get to the match." We'll see. <laughs> like, so. But, I mean, Hulk had rode out the whole match. If Because they sit down and go, hey, how do you want this to go? And Andre goes, I don't know. Well, you know. And then, But, I mean, Hulk says, well, this is some ideas that I had. And basically, he agreed to the whole match other than the fact of the ending. Right. And Andre was the boss. That's what people refer to him yeah. as, the boss. It's like, have you, have you talked to boss? And so, Hogan kept trying to bring this up to Andre. Hey, yeah. Andre calls it in the ring. Yeah. He says, slam me. And Hogan's like, what? Excuse me? And he said, slam me. And then as he slammed me, he said, leg drop. Yeah. And there we go. Hulkamania, rocket strapped to you, going to the moon. And literally, to that moment, Hulk Hogan is still thinking in the back of his mind. This isn't going to happen. He's not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that was you had to look at that from Andre's point of view. I've I've been the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm passing the torch onto the guy. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this for me. Right. Right. That that's Andre's way of passing the torch on. But it. But but leaving just that little bit of that because like you said. If Andre doesn't want to do it, he's not doing it. Well, I mean, Andre had been they built it up like it's the, you know, it's the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Gorilla Monsoon said that. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon, God rest his soul, he's fantastic. 
But Andre had been slammed before. It wasn't the first time that Andre had been slammed. It's the first time on TV Andre had ever been slammed. Yeah. And it's the first time that Andre, as you said earlier, was absolutely zero help. Yeah. I mean, Andre as a young man was doing like drop kicks and coming off the top right. rope and stuff. Like Andre was, was Yeah, and, and when he was younger, yeah, he was very athletic. Yes. I feel like if Andre was that athletic when him and Hogan fought, I'm not convinced Hogan couldn't have done a maybe even a gorilla press because Andre would have been able to help him. Help him. Yeah. And Andre really ballooned up whenever he couldn't move as much. Right. Well uh, and and he drank to cover up the pain. Right. A lot. I mean, we're talking about Andre the Giant, who could hold a daddy soda can in his hand and make the can invisible. Yeah. He had to go in for surgery one time. They didn't know how much anesthesia. So they it was how many beers can you drink before you're drunk? That's like that was the formula they used. Yeah. And if you didn't know that, now you do. Yeah. It's like 178, I think. That's that, that's crazy. I, I, like I, that's the number that pops in my mind. Yeah, I, just, I could be. just drink this bottle of <laughs> right. It's just so. Getting back to the topic of part two here, what happens if Andre doesn't let Hogan do that and Hogan doesn't slam him? One, Hulkamania doesn't take off. But two, Vince loses it all again. Yeah. Loses it all. Yeah. Because if if Hulkamania doesn't take off, he doesn't become Vince's cash cow. Well, we touched on it earlier in the show. Main event of Survivor Series that year was Team Hogan versus Team Andre. Mm-hmm. They continued that feud after the fact to the point that Vince was like, well, how, how do we continue on with this, right? Well, it was Survivor Series. He come with a, this this team thing. So they continued that on. So not only did they get the cash off of WrestleMania 3, but then they turned it into Survivor Series. Right. And then, I don't know which the third. Was the third one Royal Rumble or the third one SummerSlam? Or did they both come along at the same time? Like, like I've never really looked into that part of it. I know... You know, Survivor Series was the second one. Uh, the Royal Rumble was third. Yeah, and then SummerSlam. Uh, they may have came around the same time. That's a good question. Let's 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 pull up the Google right now. While you so you just talk and fill in the time. <laughs> you know, it's just. Do you get the same effect if he doesn't slam Andre, but he still wins? No. I th- I think you're right. Well, of course I am. Because it was the. 93,000 people rooting for Hulk Hogan that when they saw that slam, they go, oh my gosh, this man can do anything. He just slammed Andre the Giant. So, I'm looking at it, it doesn't really tell. The first SummerSlam was held in Madison Square Garden in uh, August of 1988. Um, So, when was the first Royal Rumble? That's what I'll look at real quick. Okay. When was the, there you go. So, same year. Royal Rumble was January of 88. SummerSlam was was August. So, okay. they, they came the same year. So, that's yeah. when they turned to the Big Four. Yeah. Um, so, what, after Survivor Series was a success, he goes, okay, what's next? Yeah. Royal Rumble. So, this is a thing that Hogan always gets knocked on. Okay. Hogan, five moves of doom. He's just, you know. One thing Hogan does not get enough credit for, and you and I have talked about this, there's not a much better storyteller in pro wrestling. We talk about Bret Hart being able to make it look like he is absolutely getting his tail whipped the entire match, and then he ekes out a win at the end. Well, how does a Hulk Hogan match go? He starts out on fire, right? Mm -hmm. His opponent does something underhanded, uh, gets, gets the upper hand. And then he gets beat down for the majority of the match. Right. All sweaty and nasty. And then what's he do? Shakes the finger off, shakes his hand, hulks up. He hulks up. And then he does his five moves of doom. Couple punches, 
clothesline, body slam, leg drop, end of match. But he tells a great story. That leg drop has to be one of the worst finishers in wrestling. The worst finisher in all of wrestling, and this is a heel I'm willing to die on, is Scotty Two Hotties, the worm. <laughs> because nobody is going to lay there for four minutes while you... <laughs> while he jumps around <laughs> on one leg. Yeah, and, nobody's going to yeah. die. No. <laughs> I didn't say the leg drop was the worst. I no. said it's one of the worst. Followed up by the people's elbow. For the exact same reason, nobody's going to lay there that long. Yeah. five nu- And the five-knuckle shuffle, too. Five-knuckle shuffle right in Man, there. We are just blowing a great Rushmore? Rushmore episode. Well, I didn't rank them. And I'm sure I can find some, some worse ones. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, if... Hogan wasn't such a... Because Hogan, if you go back and look, he looks absolutely exhausted. Now, we know the kind of athlete Hogan was then. He wasn't exhausted. Yeah. But he looked... And still, I think that was part of the thing. Like, he still slammed him. Leg drop, it was over. But if he doesn't slam him, I think Vince loses it again. Like I, Because his cash cow... Because at that point, it it's not something special. It's not remarkable. You don't get the fans talking. And it just kind of fizzles out. It took off so well that you think about, by the time WrestleMania 4 rolls around, Hulk Hogan's not the... I mean, that was a, that was a macho man. That was the tournament. Well, Hogan is off filming a movie. So he wasn't even on that episode. Or wasn't even on that um, Let's look at the actual match card. So, Bad News Brown, highly underrated, won a battle royal. Ted DiBiase defeated Jim Dugan in a, in a tournament match. Uh, Don Morocco defeated Dino Bravo. Greg Valentine beat Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Randy Savage beat Butch Reed. One Man Gang defeated Bam Bam Bigelow with Sir Oliver Humperdinck in his corner. <laughs> Jake Roberts beat Rick Rude. Uh, Ultimate Warrior beat Hercules. So Hogan and Andre both were in that tournament. Okay. But... They met in the quarterfinals and got counted out. So it ended in double disqualification, actually. Hmm. That was a big tournament. Was there 16 people in that? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. 10, 12, 14. So Ted DiBiase ended up getting a bye. And Jake Roberts and Rick Rude ended, out, ended up in a uh, draw, too. So one-man gang... Uh, Ended up with a bye into the semifinals. Or, yeah, the semifinals. And Ted DiBiase ended up with a bye into the finals. But none of the matches lasted longer than there's. Uh, there was a 15-minute draw. Uh, Ricky Steamboat, Greg Valentine went nine minutes. And then Ted DiBiase, Randy Savage went nine minutes. All other minutes, all other matches are five or less. So. Interesting. Interesting. Fascinating topic. I mean, WrestleMania is the key point. Uh, the key point. I think you just made a word up. Porrent. Porrent, yeah. <laughs> that of all, you know, as Vince McMahon is to wrestling, WrestleMania is... To Vince McMahon. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're, they're one and the same. W- without each other, none of this happens. Right. That's why WrestleMania will forever be the premier pay-per-view. It doesn't matter what the card looks like. It will always be the premier pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, the whole year is based off of it. This is WrestleMania season. Yeah, we've talked about this. From the Royal Rumble Rumble to SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. 
that is the prime season for the WWE. And the main and the main event is WrestleMania. And you look, the the writing's been better. The matches have been better. So many pe- people here lately have been like, man, Raw was really good. Well, of course it was. I mean, do You're you not? in Raw season. Are you not listening? Well, it's not Raw season. It's WrestleMania season. WrestleMania season. Gosh. That's, that's what I said. That's what I meant. Yeah. But it definitely points out that they don't listen to this show because we've only said that, I don't know, 5,000 times. Right. Right. So, we're wrapping up these two topics. Two topics into one. But you and I have had this discussion, and we got a few minutes here to spare. Seth Rollins, two weeks before WrestleMania, still does not have an opponent. Two questions. Because there's no way Seth Rollins gets left off the card. Okay. Seth Rollins is going to be on the card. Two questions. How long does he wait before we know who his opponent is? And second question, who do you think it's going to be? I told you this the other day. At this point, he's going to pull a John Cena. He's going to go out on one of those nights, and he's going to stand in the ring, and he's going to... Basically say, I'm Seth Rollins, and I need an opponent. I don't care who it is. Somebody get out here. I'm wrestling on WrestleMania. And then Cody Rhodes comes out the ramp, down the ramp. I will agree with you at this point. It has to be a surprise. I mean, maybe Veer finally shows up at WrestleMania. Let's pray to God that that's not who it is. <laughs> Because if they do that to the Seth Rollins, they just as well let Seth Rollins out of his contract and let him go be on AEW on Wednesday. I don't think they do that to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a cornerstone of WWE moving forward. He's a pillar, so to speak. They like to talk about the pillars in AEW. I think it's one of two people. And I think it gets drawn out until WrestleMania. And I think at WrestleMania, Seth Rollins comes out. And he challenges, I need an opponent. Get me somebody out here. Cody Rhodes is the hot answer. Dark Horse, probably not ever going to happen answer, though. And it would be his moment in front of 100,000 people. And I say this because this guy has been training really hard. Is supposed to be in the best shape he's been in in a long time. And I could see The Undertaker coming down and doing a squash session like he did with John Cena a few years ago. And that's the ultimate send-off to The Undertaker on Hall of Fame weekend. Again, I said that's the ultimate like dark horse option, and I don't think it will, but I can make a case where I, I think it makes sense. It's in Texas. I, th- I think you're right. I never thought about that. It's in Texas. It's the Undertaker getting getting inducted. But if that if that's true, that means that the AJ match was not his send off. But it would be a send off if he came out as the American badass. And he's always said he wants to come back as that character. So the Undertaker, not necessarily because remember they they separated those two characters. Yeah. So he wasn't he wasn't the Undertaker. He was just the American badass. That's what he went as. But wasn't he kind of that when he did the uh, well the AJ match? He was the he was still the Undertaker. Like that's what his name was. But he, he and he came in on the motorcycle, but the Undertaker rides the motorcycle. But I think I think there is a scenario where Seth, especially if it goes until WrestleMania, like I think it's going to, that he comes out at WrestleMania without an opponent, and he says, I don't care who it is. Get me somebody out here. 
And then we hear, it's going to have to start with the dong. Dead man and then, rocking. Dead man walking. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, God. And the Jerry World roof would blow off. I hate you. I don't think it's going to happen. But I've laid out a scenario where it could. So we're both in agreement that we don't have an opponent before WrestleMania. Not an official opponent. They're, they're on, on Vince's whiteboard we talked about in his office. It says Seth Rollins no, versus no, opponent. What I mean is in us watching TV for the next two weeks. Right. We will not get an opponent. We will I don't not think. see an opponent. Nope. I agree. Like, like, it makes no sense to try to do it now. Right. If you haven't done it, it makes no sense to try to do it now. Because you're going to try to build a storyline. You're, you're going to spend, they're going to spend the next two weeks, Seth Rollins trying to weasel his way into matches. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay. Seth Rollins loses to either one of those opponents, right? Yes. He doesn't beat Cody or The Undertaker. And, well, he definitely doesn't beat The Undertaker. And if it's Cody, what makes sense to me is you put Cody in a program with, that's that's who you. After that. You put Cody in a program after that with Roman Reigns. That's where Roman goes. So you have him squash. No, I don't have him squash. Or, or, I mean, you have him beat Rollins. Yes. And then he goes to Friday Night SmackDown to challenge Roman? Well, we don't know who, what brand he's going to be on. Because he's just, at that point, he's just answering Seth Rollins' challenge. Yeah. Five more minutes left on the show. Where are you going at this point now that Brock did not lose the belt? Mm -hmm. It looks like it's going to be title for title. Mm -hmm. Do we see anything happen to that otherwise? Or are we going to see title for title and Roman Reigns holding both of those belts up at the end of the show? We're going to see Roman Reigns hold both belts up at the end of the show. So they either have to unify them or do what you said and throw and throw the WWE belt away and go, this is worthless to me. Because they've built Roman up. You don't want him, unless it's some sort of goofy match and he doesn't get pinned. I mean, he's not lost a match in two years. Right, he is not. So, so and he's in, not even in tag matches. Right, so it's... Unless you're going to make a goofy triple threat fatal four-way kind of thing, and he's not the one that takes the pin. But you can't have Roman get pinned, especially if he goes over Brock Lesnar at Mania like we think he's going to. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is the WWE. We know that Vince has a love affair with Brock Lesnar. I could see Brock Lesnar winning. I don't think it's going to happen. It, listen, it would absolutely shock me if WrestleMania ended with Brock Lesnar holding both belts. Like, flabbergasted. I will come on our next recording and for the first three and a half minutes sing, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. That's how unlikely I think it is to happen. And I've said that now, so if it does happen, I do have to start that show by singing, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. And I'm a man of my word. And I'll do it. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm going to be 100% honest with you right now. One, I know we will lose ratings of the 10 listeners that we have now if you sing that song. But if I had to sit here and say it right now, I'd say you're going to be singing that song because I got this weird feeling that Brock Lesnar is going to win that match. I think... And I, I, like I, like I, I don't want that to happen because I don't think that's the ending that we want to see with but Roman. It, but it doesn't make sense. You've built well, Roman up, like. But it's the it's the Vince McMahon thing it, to do. It right? is, but Roman. This is the version of Roman he has always wanted. Roman's as hot now as any wrestler has ever been. I mean, I honestly do believe. That we have to see Rock versus Roman before he ever loses that belt. Yes. And he has to go over Rock. And and he may lose to Rock the first time. Uh, all of who CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could see the Rock take the belt off of him at the Royal Rumble. It infuriate the tribal chief. He he enters himself into the Rumble 
And I would even have him enter at number one and just beat the daylights out of every individual that came in the ring. Yeah. And then open up the – there is no question. I'm challenging the Rock. I want my belt back. Yeah. And then you have you have Roman go over Rock. At Mania. At Mania. We are, at best, we are eight months, nine months away from Roman, barring an injury or, you know, something unfortunate happening. We're, we're at least nine months away from Roman ever dropping his universal title. Yeah. I think you're right. Solid show. A lot to chew on. For those of you that listen to us, send us, send us, tell us what you think is going to happen with some of these things. Tell us what you think would have happened if WrestleMania one had been a flop. If Hulk Hogan hadn't have hit the body slam on old Andre. So, Another solid week. Look forward to next week. Talking about the streak next week, right? The streak. Yeah. And not so. streakers or streaking. Right. The, the Undertaker streak. Undertaker streak. So, guys, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, friends. That wraps up today's episode. We want to say thanks to all of our listeners. Without you, none of this is possible. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go out and leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at From Corner to Corner, on Twitter at Corner to Corner PC, and on TikTok at From Corner to Corner. You can always reach us on Facebook or on email, Corner to Corner PC at gmail.com. We love you all, and we'll see you next time.